the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here, again broadcasting from the Real Life Amphitheater. The energy's still here, Pastor Sean. Oh, man. I don't know how you're still sitting or standing. You had a huge weekend here. Talk uh, about it just for a second. Uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, for those of you wondering, hey, what are they talking about? Well, at the Real Life Amphitheater, which is run by the Real Life Center for the Performing Arts, yes. a nonprofit that we started to be able to do this and to help work with and co-sponsor with the Tobin Center, the various concerts and events outside of even the Christian things that we do. You know, we, right. we've done a number of Christian acts. We had Greg Carnes on here who helps facilitate a lot of those. But we wanted to be able to offer more family-friendly events, uh, different kinds of events to the community. And so the first of those events happened here last yeah. Sunday night yeah. uh, and with Zach Brown Band. And didn't know this. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I knew, but I, I thought it can't be Robert Randolph of like Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Right? Robert Randolph. I love Robert Randolph. Oh, a surprise, huh? So, oh, he was the opener. And he's now kind of out on his own just doing the Robert Randolph Band. But just that same incredible group, but not what you would expect. He's not country. He's, yeah. you know, uh, he, he's unbelievable. If you haven't heard Robert Randolph and the Family Band or the Robert Randolph Band, check it out on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to your music. Uh, outstanding. Just yeah. deep groove, awesome stuff. And they were the openers. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Zach Brown had the biggest and most unbelievable set I've ever seen. First class production. Oh, uh, incredible. Yeah. But it filled the entire amphitheater stage. Now, you know how big and how yeah. high yeah. that stage. They had... It's a football field standing up. Yeah, exactly. Massive, massive trees. Mm-hmm. A wow. huge... I mean, again, amphitheater scope and size, right? right? Proportional. Huge chandelier with, like, antlers. <laughs> and... I mean, it was just, it was such a great show. And the music was great. You know, their vocals. I love their vocals. It was a great, great show. We had probably close to 7,000 people hey. who were here, maybe 6,500. Is that the record now? Uh, that's the biggest one we've had. Uh-huh. Franklin Graham was still sure, <laughs> bigger, well. right? He had 11,000. Mm-hmm. But it was a great event. You know, everybody seemed to have a good time. We didn't have any big, you know, this was new for us. So we were we were wondering what's it going to be like. And it was just a great time. Everybody came. They had fun. It was a neat event and a great kickoff to a whole new Got a connection point with the community for the amphitheater. Yeah, and uh, and Zach, uh, first class again. It seemed like he was real humbled uh, to be doing what he's doing. He was he, he kind of expressed so great to be in Texas. Ah, that always gets a big cheer. Yeah. But he was real sincere when he said, "Hey, you know, enjoy the show." He said it was going to be like this big three act play. And hey, yep. they didn't destroy the uh, backstage. That's nice. No, no, they didn't. They <laughs> they mess with our drinks here in yeah, the green I room. Can see though. That. Where's that's... my Dr. Peppers? <laughs> that's what I want to know. I, I'm actually that's a contractual <laughs> breach. <laughs> It'll be an extra twelve dollars on the bill <laughs> on the back invoice. to them. <laughs> but no, it was great. You know, it was and a, all the trucks. That was all fine. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everything went 
well, not our team. Let me just give a big shout yeah. out. George E. Barb, who's our general manager of the amphitheater and her team. But our whole facilities team, they, they just had the facility ready. Everybody did a great job uh, in getting this thing together. All right, you can you can be honest here, Pastor Sean. As opposed to the lies well, I've been spewing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about, I know that you had to prepare for Sunday, and so you got up early, and you did church, and you did two services, and then you got mm-hmm. to throw down at the mm-hmm. Cracker Barrel like you do every Sunday after that. <laughs> and then, so like after uh, the Randolph band played, that's when you left? I stayed no, the entire no, you did not. evening. <laughs> I stayed the entire evening. Good night, everybody. No, no, I really did. Yeah, I wanted to see how it came out. I wanted to Mm -hmm. see, you know, there's things like traffic. How's our facility handle the traffic? I'm not running things. Mm -hmm. I'm on the board. Obviously, I'm the I'm the chairman of the of the Center for Performing Arts Board. But but really, our team runs that. All right. What was cool, Baron? One of the things we do. There's a lot of people who. A lot of crossover. This isn't a church-run event, obviously, but a lot of our people work as ushers Mm -hmm. or as different positions. They gathered a bunch of them together before, and we just prayed. Prayed for, you know, one of the things I told them, you're going to serve people. You're going to do it with a smile. You're going to minister. You're going to – and one of the things I want you to do is pray Mm -hmm. for just people as as they're coming in, as they're about. And I believe that God, you know, just really works through that sort of thing. My my big thing – was I want to, uh, I want people to leave this place and go. That was a different experience. Yeah, something's different. Ministry happens as soon as they pulled in. I will enter his gates. Yeah, right I mean, there. and, and it, again, don't don't get me wrong. This was not. This is not a Christian show. Right. We 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 didn't do any of that. We're just. We have this facility, and so we've created an entity and leased it to that entity to be able to do the do the work. But mm. everything that we're going to have, we want to point people. Yeah. To Christ, and so this is just a big front door to say, "Hey, there's something different going on here." Yeah. And so we'll see where the Lord leads that. Very cool. And so they pack up their buses and leave, and then I pull in today, and there's another truck here unloading a bunch of gear for something else happening yeah. here. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, that's actually the Alma Heights High School oh, yeah. uh, graduation. This is a great place for graduations, and so they they started in the pandemic, and they've never left. They yeah. like it. You know? <laughs> well, it's very cool, and the weather turned out so nice here. Right, the big storms we had it's dropped twenty degrees, and that's it's cool gorgeous. Too. Yeah, gorgeous. So it, overall, Baron, it was just a wonderful evening and we learned a lot you know just like any new venture um that's what's kind of fun for me i love you know i kind of have an entrepreneurial bend in Mm -hmm. toward just in my character and so i love starting new things and kind of trying creative innovative ways to reach people but it's fun there was what did you learn oh i mean everything ordering of concessions um Mm -hmm. parking things uh front gate flows of traffic i mean all these kind of things that you go what does that have to do with being a pastor sean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has nothing to necessarily do with being a pastor, but when you're, you know, when you're part of this thing and it's something that we all learn and I enjoy that process. I enjoy the process of learning how to do this really well and serve our community really well whenever they come on our campus. Because seven years ago, you didn't know Jack about this business. Right? Ooh, no, we didn't. Yeah. And we're, it's amazing how, you know, our team is learning. And uh, it's just, it's fun. That part's fun. Yeah, well, good. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. You're doing great things here in uh, Selma Shirt, San Antonio, Texas. And uh, the word is getting out. This is a destination now to to come to events. Yeah, it's awesome. We're very excited. All right, so recap again. Who else is coming? 
uh, we have another. Now, you know, we have Kansas 38 special. We yes. talked about that. Uh, Cody Johnson yes. is going to be coming in October. November, Casting Crowns hey! is going to be here. Good. We'll be back in the so, Christian business. Yeah, nice. we, <laughs> we've never gotten out. That's good. Uh, I will say, most of the Christian bands, this is too big a facility. Yeah. Right? Casting Crowns is really even to where 3,500, 4,000 maybe 5,000, mm-hmm. um, but you never know. You never yeah. know how big it'll be. But the one thing about this facility, it's really, whether it's 2,500, 3,000, or, you know, seven, 8,000, it feels great. Yeah. You know, it just feels good. Two, 3,000 people isn't like, oh, wow, that's disappointing. No, still- it fills that whole lower mm-hmm. section, which is a big expanse. So, but when you really start getting to the bigger numbers, when you're going up on the hill. Right. That, by the way, what a beautiful night Sunday night was. We had, a, we had a couple thousand people up on the hill, and it was just gorgeous. Kids running around. So. Oh, yeah. Having a blast. People on, you know, got the picnics and the blankets. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, blessed be the name. I can't, I just can't wait to see what the Lord does next here with this with this whole thing. Sean, we had a special program uh, scheduled today. In fact, we did the interview. Do you want to choose right. that? And then Yeah, next week we're going to hear from Dave McCall, the Pregnancy Care Center. Dave's a wonderful longtime friend, and obviously with all the discussion about the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, you know, their their mission is critical and they do a superb job. So we had a great interview with Dave and we're going to actually air that next week. But this week, obviously, with what happened in Uvalde, we want to have that conversation. Yeah, very good, Pastor Sean. And that's what people want to know. It's, it's the Well, the first question is always why? Why did this happen? And they, they this is when people go, God, right? why? The, our need for a savior has never been more true but why? Yeah. And, and Baron, that's, that's a question with an unsatisfying answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the why is people are sinful mm-hmm. and where sin is left unchecked by the gospel, unchecked by the love and grace of God, it, it kills everything it touches. Mm-hmm. When we start talking about death and separation, people who don't understand that, it's like, oh my gosh, the world is so beautiful. It's so perfect. And then this, Why? No, it's not. Mm, it's always, yeah. It's not. Uh, this is just, it's an elementary school with a bunch of kids. And, you know, we have a personal connection to this. Mm-hmm. One of the ladies who's in our community group is very good friends with the grandmother of one of the kids who was killed. Mm. And so we were on a text with our community group, like when the first, when the prayer request first came out, oh, McKenna uh, is the little girl's name. She's missing. And... Be, be praying. And so we're praying. And, you know, all the news is coming and you've seen all that's happened and you're just shocked and horrified. Um, but on this one little girl, we're just like, oh, God, please. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you go, oh, we're praying for all the families, of course, but this was one that we had a connection to. Mm-hmm. You know, our friend is a, a good friend with his grandmother. And so we were praying and uh, we prayed and kept, you know, no update yet, no update. Is there any word? And then last night, later, we got the notice based on her clothes. She was identified, and, you know, she was one of them. And I just remember it being like a punch in the gut. The whole day, you're numb. And you're just like, how can this happen? God, what's going on? But for, for us, it was like this had become personal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and, and I, I know. Is it different because I know them? No. But yes, mm-hmm. you know, it just – that, and it's a grandmother. We have, you know – McKenna was was ten. Our oldest granddaughter's eight, about to turn nine. Yeah, and so we were just you. You kind of start identifying. You you're walking along with these families, and then to to end with that, with the horrible news that no, your little girl was one of these. Yeah, was devastating. Yeah, and even this morning, 
you know, I'm up and it's like you wake up under this cloud. Um, and my wife comes out and she's got tears in her eyes again. This is real. Mm-hmm. And the thing is when you go, why? Well, the, the theological answer, and I say theological cause it's kind of unsatisfying, yeah. right? The theological answer is mankind is sinful and people will do evil things. Right, but that that doesn't get to all of the depths of well, why here, why these people, why why this eighteen year old, you know, Baron. One of the significant things, obviously, we've got the people jumping on the the gun control bandwagon, right, and some really unsightly stuff of taking this opportunity. You know, we saw today yeah. Governor Abbott's giving a. a press conference on the updates on what's happening and Beto O'Rourke starts political grandstanding coming up yeah. and trying to make a big show and get some press it was just it was unsightly it was gross mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things when when you see people trying to trying to make this about their politics because obviously we all want sensible gun laws we right. we don't want we don't want mentally unstable people to be able to get guns. We understand that, right? right. But the thing that is the thing that is bigger here. You remember, just what are we? A week and a half from mm-hmm. the Buffalo shooting. Mm-hmm. That was also an eighteen-year-old. Oh. Now, of course, the the news coverage was was different. It was all the racial angle because he had he'd had some very racist writings, some things, and but he had some mental <laughs> clear mental illness from his Facebook posts and from encounters with school teachers and law enforcement and things like that. Well, so did this young man, Salvador Ramos, is the is the young man who, you know, the belief shooter who was killed uh, in Uvalde, and he had deeply disturbed kind of posts and mm-hmm. interactions. And, and so for me, Baron, the question that I'm sitting here wrestling with is what's going on with these kids? Mm. You, you want to make it about politics. That's, that's on you, but please don't post that on my stuff. I'll block you. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you, if that's where you're at, fine, you, you, you do you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull the human equation or the human factor out of this equation. Um, you know, New York, there were two shootings within the last month and a half. Um, one was a black man on a subway who opened fire and killed a bunch of people. The other was up in Buffalo, um, 18-year-old white young man who particularly, it seems, targeted a bunch of black patrons at a store. Um, Salvador Ramos is Hispanic. Um, and, you know, the, the-, the California shooting, too. At the church, yes, you remember that one? yes, yes. They were Asian, Racial, yeah, yeah. But but again, what I want you to see is it's no particular race, <laughs> right? Right. People would try to make the the press will try to try to push an, a racial narrative to try to create more division and try to stir up pol- politics and sell pa- papers and kind of get clicks. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't buy that. These are all over the map. I don't remember what the name of the individual was in uh, Waukesha who who ran a car into a whole parade of people on Christmas, just last Christmas, and killed a whole bunch of innocent people with a car. There wasn't even a gun involved. So the question is, what's going on with people that they're going insane and wanting to kill other people? And this this is the question that we should be asking. You know, when you say, we need to prevent this, we need to prevent this. Okay, well, what the Waukesha killer showed is um, you could remove all the guns in the world, and if people get a hold of a car or they get a hold of a tractor or if they get a hold of a machete or they get a hold of whatever, they can. And you're like, well, they can't do as much damage. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. But we, what is going on with people? 
See, that's what we should be focusing on. And it's not just a mental health thing. I think mental health is really an important part of this conversation. But it's the isolation, the loneliness. Why? Mm -hmm. Both of these young men, these last two shootings, both of them had signals all over that something is deeply wrong. Mm. Why Why is no one in their world... A missing parent, a father probably most is a common denominator. Certainly could be. Yeah. But why is no one in their world yeah. stepping up and and getting involved? That's one of the things. Um, I, I love our school here, and I love our children's and our next-gen ministry, youth ministries. I watch kids absolutely be transformed as they get connected they hear the love of god and they hear the gospel and they respond and then not just that but they they get connected in a place and it's really obvious i think in our school our school is an interesting thing because often families will bring a student because they're struggling somewhere and they're looking for a solution they have to have a school solution so they'll they'll come and they'll go through the process interview process and and that child come to our school and we've watched because of the love, because of the community, mm. because of just what what it's a great environment. We got a great faculty. We got great students. I've watched kids completely transform. They start withdrawn. They start a little angry. They start isolated, and then you gradually watch them through love and acceptance and just normalcy, no, just normal, healthy, healthy relationships in the body of Christ. Just through our school, you watch them come out of their shell. And we've had parents come and rave and just say, I don't know what it is, but my kid's different. Yeah. Well, it's the love of Jesus expect, uh, expressed through the body of Jesus, the body of Christ. Right. That's, that's so powerful. And that's the thing. As a pastor, I know this. And it's like, it's the secret, mm-hmm. right? But it's not a but secret. It's not, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a secret, right? It, it's, it's, this is the thing that absolutely radically changes people's lives. You know, as I think about Salvador Ramos in Uvalde, um, you know, and I think of all his victims, and I think of the families that are, this day has been a blur for them. It's been a, it's been a dull blur because they lost one of their kids. Mm-hmm. They lost a grandkid. I, I think of them, and I think of what could have been done to get a hold of Salvador Ramos so that none of this happens. All those kids are still playing, all those families, and Salvador has hope. Mm. Instead of this crazy hopelessness and what he did, he, he has hope. Mm. And that's what we need to understand. That's what's at stake here. You know, When we talk about the body of Christ, we're not talking about church services. And if that's what you think, you know, it's amazing to me how people think of the church. Oh, it's just this thing. You know, uh, we we pastors and we Christians have been foolish with how we've minimized what the church really is. Mm. Okay, church isn't just church services; it's not certainly not a building or a nonprofit corporation. It is people, mm-hmm. people who are have been changed by the love of God, and people who are sharing the love of God with one another, and that has a powerful effect, mm. a powerful effect on on all of us. Yeah, Pastor Sean, another question I think that people have right now as they sit here just a hundred miles away from where that happened. We had the same thing happen in Sutherland Springs uh, with that, uh, the, the, the Baptist yes. church there Yes, uh, is okay, well, what can I do? The obvious answer seems like, okay, uh, the president said we should pray. And the, uh, the superintendent in New Valley said, please pray. What can we do? Pastor Sean. 
Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm probably going to talk about it this weekend. I'm, I'm supposed to be ending my series, um, The Unexpected Jesus, but, you know, I really want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to talk with our families about this because what we can do, that's an interesting question because you can say, well, we need to vote for gun legislation so that you can't get guns. Well, New York had two shootings in the last six weeks, and they already have some of the strictest gun laws in the nation. Everything that happened was already against the law. Well, we need to get rid of every gun and make sure there's no guns in the world. Okay, is that a real, you know, I I don't think that's really going to happen. I don't think that's a really good thing necessarily. So it's like when we start talking about what really can we do, um, I do think that you need to make sure there's background checks. You need to make sure that I think that appropriately you have to be a sane, responsible Mm -hmm. adult to be able to have access to guns, Mm right? Right. I, I don't think that that violates our Second Amendment in any way. I think it's I think it's just good sense. But when you get beyond that, okay, you still have people who are who are hurting and are hurting others. So when I say what we can do, you know, uh, I'm all, I find myself always quoting this great quote from a landscaper friend of mine. Okay, <laughs> his name's Perry Shankles. Perry, there's your endorsement, buddy. There's your there, there's your credit. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about actual landscaping. You know, we're talking about, well, we want these trees, whatever. He says, well, you know, when the best time to plant a tree is, I'm thinking he's going to say spring or, you know, he's going to say early summer or whatever. He's like, yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good one. Best time to plant trees 20 years ago. Yeah. And his, it's, which is, of course, true because we want big, mature trees, but we don't have them. There's no shortcut. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And the point of the illustration is plant trees now. Mm-hmm. And 20 years from now, you're going to have some cool looking trees. Right. Right. But I, I immediately thought, dude, that's, that's life. That's exactly the truth. You you want to know, all right, I can't do anything right now for Salvador Ramos. Okay? I we can we can comfort, you know, we can comfort the families, we can bring counseling, we can do all kinds of things to help them walk through this time. I can't do anything for Salvador Ramos or for the young man up in Buffalo or for any of these. Mm-hmm. What I can do is say, I want to make sure that those that that some of those who are going to become that don't. Right. And I'm going to do that through sharing the love of Jesus. And I'm going to do that in Christian community. And I'm going to look around and I'm going to see people who are maybe not right. Something's off. And maybe they're isolated. Maybe they're loners. Maybe they they were one way and now they're very different. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines Mm -hmm. and say, well, I hope somebody does something. I'm going to go ask. Mm -hmm. I'm going to investigate. I'm going to go check. And, you know, it can be as simple as just showing interest. Right. You know, and parents, if you've got a kid who's withdrawn and isolated and you're worried about them and you go, you know, I I just want to say, make whatever changes you need to make to get them in healthy biblical community. Mm. Seriously. It's like, well, but the school they're in right now, they've got a very good program and they're a soccer player or they're whatever. I don't care. Okay. (laughs) Do what you have to do to address this issue. And you're like, well, I can't. I, I know, I know. Maybe you can't afford to put them in a private school, or maybe, but you you can. Man, if you need to move, move yeah. to another school district. If yeah. you need to, whatever you need to do, begin praying. Get with the body of Christ. Begin and, and get your kids connected with other kids who are going to encourage them in life and hope and joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and who are are going to encourage them in their faith. Yeah. Don't don't wait. Yeah. I, I guess that's what can we do. I would say. Find someone who's hurting and struggling right now and begin investing in them Mm. and help them 
take the right steps. You know, you can you can get involved with organizations like our our school, River City Believers Academy. Our, our Next Gen Ministry does an incredible job within the context of our church. But if you're here and you're saying I want to do something, well, <clears throat> you know, get become a part of a school like ours. Mm-hmm. Whether that's supporting, whether that's praying, whether that's becoming, you know, having your kids come here, but be a part of healthy environments because our schools are are so bound now by so often run by the lawyers, you know, no offense to lawyers, but you're great at kind of interpreting and defending the law. Maybe you're not so great at raising healthy kids. (laughs) I hope your family's doing great if you're a lawyer. But my point is the way we do things and the way we, when, when you start watching and the, the, the educators and their hands are bound by the law and by political correctness and separation of church and state and all the things that, that kind of lock parents out yeah. and lock families out, that's not healthy. Yeah. So whatever you have to do to intervene, you know, look around, and if you see someone, just show you care. Yeah. I just don't think Salvador Ramos should have been alone, mm. and he shouldn't have had to go through this on his own. And if he wouldn't have, there might be, you know, what is it, 22 now? victims 22 people might still be with us if salvador had someone had intervened i know in my heart uh, the prayer is uh, thy kingdom come lord please come yeah uh, for sure and so with that pastor sean would you close us out in prayer yeah yeah let's pray let's pray for these families let's pray for this community lord thank you that um you are on the throne and you are good and i do but we we just pray for the city of uvalde I pray particularly for these families, the parents, the grandparents, the siblings. I pray for the school, the Rob Elementary School. I, I, I pray for the community, the leaders, the teachers. Um, I just pray that you would, you would show up and that you would intervene in the school and that they would experience your love and your grace. I pray for your church in Uvalde. Lord, show us how we can support the church. We're, we're not too far away, Lord. We can, we can support. Show us how to creatively do that and to tangibly, practically support and I just ask, Lord, that through this, um, maybe that people would, would wake up a little bit and would start looking around and start showing love, concern for their neighbors, for their friends, for their cousins, for those those young men or young women who seem isolated and alone. I just pray that we would be able to reach out. And uh, I pray that that would make a difference. I ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. And you vow be, Lord as we walk this community through this. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.